0: Along with Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Welcome into the Beyond the Game program. The website address is btgprogram.com and on social media it's at btgprogram. Sports talk without the trash talk. Wherever it is you're listening from and however it is you're listening, we thank you for being with us. Many of you download our free podcast each week, and for that, we thank you for the encouragement it gives us. London, England, Yakima, Washington, Tampa, Florida, Roanoke, Virginia, all places listening in last week. But let's jump right into this week's program. I'll throw it over to my co-host, Zach Barletta, who will give us this week's shenanigan statements.
1: All right, number one, the recent coaching hires by the New York Jets and Cleveland Browns suggest a lack of confidence on their part that they believe their job was an attractive job opening. You know, I
0: actually, I agree. I I think they did lack some confidence, and and I'm not sure they really thought their job is attractive. The Browns fro- chose Freddie Kitchens? Freddie? Who is Freddie Kitchens? <laughs> Great. I get it. They like the guy. But he was on nobody else's radar. And doesn't that say something? And the, and the Jets, they go with Adam Gase. I hear people saying that the Gase hiring was because he was 5-1 and one against the Jets. But doesn't everybody have a winning record against the Jets? <laughs> I mean, it just stands to figure. I, I think being down for so long, both of these clubs – Maybe they just kind of swooped in or thought they were swooping in on some young, hot hire, and I think they settled.
1: I actually lean the other direction, and I say shenanigans. Uh, I think in the case of the Browns, Baker Mayfield and the Browns offense really exploded after he took over the play calling. And I think for the development of their franchise quarterback and their number one overall draft pick, I think they wanted to make sure that he stuck around to continue the development and, I mean, the results last year speak for themselves. As long as he brings in an offensive coordinator, he will continue what he's already doing. I think that's probably a good hire for them. But it's them. a
0: small sample size. What it's are we talking, since sample week sample nine?
1: And in terms of the Jets, uh, I think their job is a pretty attractive job. I mean, they have close to $100 million in cap space and a franchise quarterback who was just drafted this year. So I think they're just dumb. I don't think that that it was a lack of confidence. I just think they're not very smart. I
0: I think the Jets' job is maybe a sneaky good job in Mm -hmm. the sense that I don't think the Jets are all that far off, especially if Sam Darnold is everything that people say he is.
1: I think they weren't that far off until they hired Adam Gase, Mm -hmm. and now they are. Number two, coaches such as Cliff Kingsbury and Manny Diaz leaving jobs within weeks of being hired for that new job shows a lack of integrity.
0: I'm going to say shenanigans, although I get why people are bothered. But both guys took upgrade positions. In Diaz's situation, Mark Rick retired suddenly. And as far as anyone knows, then the Miami opening was a surprise. So maybe he wouldn't have taken the job at Temple if he had thought or had any indication that Miami was going to open. Kingsbury left a college OC job. Granted, he only had it a couple of weeks, but he left a college OC job at USC, For the NFL head coaching job. Mm -hmm. I mean, you had heard Kingsbury's name floated in connection with other job openings prior to being hired at USC. So you would think that they must have talked about it, right? USC and and Kingsbury, they must have brought this up. Hey, is this where you want to be? Hey, uh, you know, you were talked about for the NFL. Uh, Are you going to jump ship? And I guess depending on his answer to those questions— which we'll never know. Mm-hmm. That's what will reveal the integrity. I, I guess I'm okay with it as long as it's a promotion that was openly discussed.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you on this one. I don't think it's a lack of integrity. I think they got potentially a once in a lifetime opportunity. I mean, especially for Kingsbury to be an NFL head coach. Um, I can relate. I mean, when I started my job, I work for the government, and when I started that job. I had just taken a job a few months earlier somewhere else that was not as good hours, not as good money, no benefits. And I told them when I started there, look, I'm here for as long as I can be here unless this government job that I tested for comes open and then I'm out of here. And my employer said, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You got to do that. And it came and I took it. And I think this is a similar situation. You
0: communicated it. And I think that's the key.
1: Last but not least. Kyler Murray has filed for the NFL draft. If he were to be drafted and choose football over baseball, it would be a black eye for Major League Baseball. What do you think? I don't think so. Uh, I think it's a smart business decision. Now, I think in terms of him having a long-term career, the NFL's not where he wants to be because he's a tiny little person. But uh, look, the chance to get paid a lot of money immediately, that's in football. In baseball, it takes you a long time to work your way up to those million-dollar contracts If he's just looking to get paid right away, he's doing the right thing going to football.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I say shenanigans. It's not a black eye for baseball. Look, you don't have two sports stars often enough where this is a trend. Right. You know, if it was a trend, maybe it would be. If he's a first-round pick or even the first quarterback, then he's going to get paid. And that's got to be better than a couple of years of playing in minor league parks and riding buses. And I know you'll get some money up front. you got a nice bonus to sign with the A's, but – I I say shenanigans to that. And
1: who's to say that if football doesn't flame out in two or three years, he can't pull a Tebow and go back to the A's?
0: When we come back, I'm going to tell you a troublesome story about a young lady who had been declared ineligible for her senior season of basketball because of a clerical error made by USA Basketball. Nothing to do with the girl herself, but the governing athletic association in her state refuses to reconsider. That's coming up next. He's Zach Barletta. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program. Time to look back on the week in Roberts Wesleyan College athletics. This is the Red Hawks recap for the week, covering up through Thursday, January 10th. The Red Hawks recap being brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. The Roberts Wesleyan women's basketball team took on St. Michael's College last Friday afternoon, narrowly dropping the home match 70-69. Junior Emily Miller ended the day with a double-double, scoring 22 points and recording 10 rebounds. Back at it the next day, this time the opponent was St. Anselm College, to whom the Red Hawks fell 74-62. Senior Tashela Sutorius led Roberts with 16 points, while Miller finished with 13. The men's basketball team hosted Franklin Pierce University in a matinee affair on Tuesday, and they held on for an 81-76 win. Junior Gene Toussaint scored 12 of his 15 points in the first half as Roberts built up a 42-22 lead at the break. They would need all of that as they held on for the win with four of the five starters for Roberts scoring in double digits. Besides Toussaint, sophomore Isaiah Lewis led with 17 points. He was joined by junior Justin Vaughn with 16 and redshirt freshman Michael Bush with 11. Congratulations to Mark McCown, Mark takes over the track and field for Roberts Wesleyan after six years of assistant coaching at Bethel College. Merle McGinnis retired after 11 years at the end of August. Congratulations to Mark McCown. Coming up for the Red Hawks, it'll be a basketball doubleheader on Sunday, January 13th, as both the men and women welcome in Malloy College to the Voller Athletic Center. Game time for the women is 2 p.m., followed by the men at 4. Head on out to the Roberts Wesleyan College campus and cheer on the Red Hawks. You can follow all the action home or away at their website, robertsredhawks.com. And of course, you can follow Roberts Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter at RWC Redhawks. This has been the Redhawks Recap presented by Roberts Wesleyan College.
2: Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College. We're proud to be a serious athletic school with great opportunities for serious athletes. In fact, we have the only Division II athletic program in the area. Our many varsity programs range from basketball, tennis, and cross country to track and field, golf, volleyball, and soccer. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu.
1: Hey, it's Zach. If you're a fan of Unsolved Mysteries, Mythical Monsters, Murder Whodunits, or just podcasts in general, check out my other show, the Myths and Mysteries Podcast. Every two weeks, my brother Spencer and I tell fascinating stories about topics like the Bermuda Triangle, JFK's assassination, chupacabras, serial killers, and more. You can find us by searching for Myths and Mysteries on iTunes or Google Play, or on our website, mythsandmysteriespod.com. Don't forget to click subscribe and leave us a review to let us know what you think. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Myths Podcast. So go check out the Myths and Mysteries Podcast, and we'll see you next time.
0: Just a good old boy. Never
1: meaning no harm.
0: Welcome back into the Beyond the Game program, recording in the BTG studio here in Rochester, New York. We're talking sports from a faith-based point of view and giving you some things that I know you're not going to hear on other sports talk programs. Zach, I need to get into this Maori Davenport situation. It's troubling. Maori Davenport is a senior high school student at Charles Henderson High School in Troy, Alabama. To say that she is a terrific high school basketball player would be an understatement. She's actually one of the best in the country. She's committed to Rutgers for next year. She spent this past summer winning gold medal as part of the Team USA under-18 team that competed in Mexico City, which is where her troubles began. Davenport, through no fault of her own, is ineligible to play for her high school this season, a team which, by the way, is a defending state champion, a team which, a school which she played for since seventh grade, the executive director of the Alabama High School Athletic Association, a man by the name of Steve Severis has ruled that Davenport is disqualified due to having received a check, one from USA Basketball, which she actually later returned, a check for $857.20. Wait, what? Subsequent appeals of the AHSAA's decision have been denied despite the fact that the president of USA Basketball traveled to an appeal hearing in support of Davenport. Apparently, USA Basketball gives a stipend to players spending their summers playing with Team USA. Seems fair. The stipend is, by the way, allowed by the NCAA. High school rules, however, well, they vary from state to state. And Alabama, for whatever reason, does not allow for such payments to amateur players. The general process is this. USA Basketball, they contact each state association on behalf of a player before sending that player a stipend check. In Davenport's case, USA Basketball, not Davenport or her family, made a mistake. Innocently enough, they overlooked making the phone call and they just went ahead and mailed the check. When USA Basketball discovered the mistake, they immediately notified. Davenport, her high school, the AHSAA, to let them know about the error. Davenport, in turn, immediately returned the check, the full amount of the stipend, back to USA Basketball. Now, I'm sure Steve Savarese feels he's just doing his job, Mm -hmm. but what he's doing is hiding behind policy and unnecessarily bringing to an end the playing career of this young lady. It's her senior season. You know what comes along with that. That's supposed to be special. That's supposed to be something that you look back on. Great memories. It's a time of celebration with your teammates and your coaches. Yeah. Instead, she and her parents were meeting this week with members of both the Democratic and Republican caucuses in the Alabama legislature in an attempt to get her eligibility restored. Davenport said this, I'm hoping they can get help get me back. On the court, but if they can't, then I'm just hoping they can make it possible for this never to happen again to any other student athlete in Alabama. Now, Severis is a former teacher, a former coach. He's been an educator for over 44 years and at the head of the AHSAA for the past 12 years. In fact, he's due to be inducted later this year into the AHSAA Hall of Fame as an administrator. The reason I say this man is hiding behind policy is because the ruling, for crying out loud, it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Other than it's a stated policy, there was no intent to violate a rule, to circumvent a rule. It's a simple clerical error. That's all it is. Severice's ruling takes none of that into consideration, takes nothing into consideration, apart from Davenport received a check. That's all he needs to know. A check she returned in full. A move which, in my opinion, once she returned it, it should have ended this ridiculous situation and restored this young lady to her team. The payment was returned immediately. They didn't hedge and haw about it. They didn't need to be convinced to return it. They just returned it. There was no delay. An error was made, and it was subsequently corrected. USA Basketball has even taken full responsibility and has apologized. Severis is quoted by ESPN as having said this. The lesson to be learned here is for adults that have the responsibility to inform the student-athlete of the rules. It is the responsibility of other parties, school officials, USA Basketball, who only had to make a phone call, and her mom, who is an assistant coach, she should know better. We work with outside agencies all the time. We work with Nike. All USA Basketball had to do was make a phone call. Okay. They acknowledge that. Yeah, we should have made a call. We didn't. It was a mistake. The mistake's been corrected. Move on. The AHSAA, in fact, referenced a case at Illinois saying that there was a student athlete there who received a check and returned it to USA Basketball on cash. By the way, USA Basketball says that is not a fact, that that's inaccurate. This man, I, I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure otherwise he's a fine individual. He's sticking to his guns, even though he acknowledges that nothing like this has ever happened before, and likely nothing like this will ever happen again. This is a unique situation, but yet he's sticking to his guns. He says if I make an exception to one rule, it opens up a Pandora's box on all of our rules. How could I enforce any rule? If I make an exception here, I would be arbitrary and capricious. Now I don't know what capricious is but I also don't know where the Pandora's box is. How how would it be arbitrary? You've never seen a case like this in your 12 years as head of the AHSAA. You've been in education for 44 years. You've never seen a case like this and you've admitted you likely never would. How is this arbitrary if you restore this young lady's eligibility? You simply can't handle Every situation with the same broad stroke. Mistakes happen. Mistakes. Not intent to cheat. Not uh, intent to deceive or break the rule. A simple mistake. Mayori Davenport is said to be an exceptional student, an exceptional athlete, obviously, and a great role model. And this is what it's costing her? The AHSAA, Zach, is flat out wrong. Mm-hmm. And Savarese is being a stubborn fool. That's the only way I can see this. This story has received national attention. Jay Billis of ESPN, Good Morning America, have both done features in the hopes that this AHSAA would reverse its decision, that Severis would change his course. Joe Ehrman is a well-recognized author. He's an expert when it comes to the right way to coach. And he writes in his book, Inside Out Coaching, which is right up there in the Shelf in this studio, he describes two kinds of coaches, one who are in it for themselves. We all know who those types of coaches are. But the other is that transformational coach, the kind of coach who is motivated to positively impact the lives of young people. Severis, an educator, a former coach, sitting at the head of the AHSAA, was in a position to make this type of decision. What kind of coach, what kind of person does he want to be? And he dismissed the opportunity to be the kind of person who, at least in this situation, positively impacts the life of a young person. Now, as we record this segment, I'm uncertain of any decision that's been made to reinstate Maori Davenport. I hope they do. As time goes by, games continue to be lost to the calendar. I know of at least one this week. And I hope this situation bothers you. I, I, honestly, I hope you're you're righteously angry about it. Maori Davenport deserves better than this. But I also hope that it serves as an example to you to, unlike Steve Severis, to be the type of person, the kind of transformational person who positively impacts the lives of others. For believers in Christ. That's how we ought to live our life. It ought to be the focus of our lives as we seek to impact the world around us for the cause of Christ. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 to 16, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Christian, you're here to be the salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth, as the late Eugene Peterson wrote. He wrote that if you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? you've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage god's not a secret to be kept and and certainly not neither is the salvation message of jesus christ salt and light are instantly noticed these are things that have immediate impact obvious impact it's no coincidence that jesus used these metaphors to describe believers salt creates thirst the believer ought to live their life Impacting others around them, and by doing so, creating a thirst for the life found only in Christ Jesus. Light awakens. And we're to be the light of the world, awakening people to the truth of the gospel, of the presence of God, the love of God. Our Christianity should be vibrant, it should be visible. God's called us to influence our world. Now, to be clear, we're not called to save our world. That's the Holy Spirit's job. But we're called to make a difference. Perhaps you don't know what it means to know Christ. God invites you to have a personal relationship with him. You probably know. We're all sinners. We're all flawed. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In fact, in Romans 6.23, it says, For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. This means that as a result of our sins, we can't be in heaven with a righteous and holy God. But on the cross, Jesus paid the penalty of our sins. I like to say that thanks to his mercy, God doesn't give us what we deserve because he gave that to Jesus on the cross. And because of his grace, God gives us what we don't deserve, the rewards earned by Jesus. Titus chapter 3 verse 7 says that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. The old saying of justified is that because of Jesus taking our sins upon himself, it's I'd never sinned. How do you get in on God's offer of love and mercy, the free gift of eternal life in heaven with him? He asked just this, that you admit your sin and that you would seek forgiveness. Forgiveness of sins is only found in the cross. It's only found in Jesus. First John 1 John 1.9 says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I hope you'd pray to God. I hope you'd admit your sin and your guilt and tell him that you believe that he died on the cross for you, that he was buried, and that he rose again, defeating death. Ask God to forgive you. Ask him to help you repent from your sins. I always like to leave people with this pair of verses. It's Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. It says that if thou shalt confess with thy heart the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If we can help, please let us know. Maybe you want more information. Perhaps you are ready even now for the very first time, to place your faith in Christ for forgiveness of your sins. You can reach out to us through our website, btgprogram.com. I want to thank you for being with us. Along with Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program.
2: Learn more at stjude.org. Do you know an athlete whose participation in athletics is vital to their college choice? Then consider telling them about Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We field 17 varsity sports and offer the only NCAA D2 program in Greater Rochester. Our teams have won six conference titles and reached three NCAA National Championship appearances. Help the athlete you know to take their game to the next level. Visit Roberts.edu.
0: Welcome back into the show. So glad to have you with us. We're going to close out this week's Beyond the Game program telling you what it is that we like this week from the world of sports. It's our You Like That segment. Matthew chapter 10, verse 33 says, Who confesses me before men, I will also confess him before my Father who is in heaven. There was so much to like this week. For instance, on Sunday, many of us saw the Chicago Bears eliminated from the NFL playoffs. Their kicker, Cody Parkney. Missed that potential game-winning field goal as the clock expired. You know he felt bad. You know he felt awful. But nonetheless, there he was. You could see him at midfield in that post-game prayer huddle that they do. He was praising God. In the locker room afterwards, he answered every question with dignity and integrity. Many others in that situation have darted out of the locker room. They've gone and hid. He stood there, and he answered every question with a God-honoring perspective. you got to like that. But then on Monday, Clemson wins its second National College Football Championship within the last three years. We all know Dabo Sweeney, their head coach, strong Christian man, and as you might expect on ESPN, national television, giving glory to God, thanking Jesus Christ, and he's not the only Christian on that Clemson roster, of course. Among others, there's quarterback Trevor Lawrence. He said that his identity is found in Christ. Professional athletes, high-level athletes, using the platform they have to confess Jesus Christ before the world is what I like like this week.
1: What I like this week was Benson loaning me his DVD copy of Mystery Alaska, It's a mystery, actually, how I haven't seen this movie. It's a hockey movie about the New York Rangers with Russell Crowe, Hank Azaria, and Burt Reynolds. He's been telling me about it for years. He finally got a DVD copy, so now I have a DVD copy. Thank you, Benson. You are what I liked this week. You
0: like that? You like that? There you go. You'll love it. Well, that's it. That's all we have time for. I want to thank you for being with us here on the Beyond the Game program. Remember that you can help us out. Our goal is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, to share biblical applications from the world of sports with listeners all around the world each and every week. Your prayerful support, your financial support, help keep the Beyond the Game program on the air. Please consider making a financial contribution to this radio ministry, and if you have a business, think about advertising during the Beyond the Game program. To make a donation or for more information, visit our website, btgprogram.com. My thanks to Zach Barletta, our fine producer. I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at this same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody.